If you're all sitting comfortably, then we'll begin. Well, hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. As ever, I'm duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable, little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Now, as ever, I'm joined by the usual gaggle of abject depravity. First up, coming to us live and direct from Finland, we have Mr. Matt Durant, the man who the local Finns like to call Romantinin Hamsterin Kusipa. The romantic hamster dickhead? Romantinin Hamsterin Kusipa. Kusipa is a, is a great word. Come on, Chanel, what does that mean? Kusipa. Romantic hamster fucker. Ah, interesting. I workshopped this bit with Chanel. I said, Chanel, help me find something that'll be funny and finish. And, you know, Chanel had Chanel had a hand in that, so Chanel had to listen to me shouting finish. No, I chose a better word, but you just couldn't pronounce yeah, You try a different accent every time, which I find enjoyable. <laughs> enjoyable? That's a three-star review. Surprising and enjoyable. Hmm. Yeah, I'll take that. Pussypa is a good word. Pussypa. But it means dickhead rather than fucker. It means dickhead. Oh, romantic hamster dickhead. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. There we go. This week's sponsored by Linguaphone. Okay, right. Next up, we have a lady who the people of Croydon in South London call Princess Peng. I had to, I had to Google the word Peng because apparently it's a, it's a Croydon word. <laughs> it is. Did, did I get the um, pronunciation of Peng right? You did. Oh, there you go. See? My, my Croydonish is better than my Finnish. Uh, right. How are you? You all right? I'm, I'm good, thank you. I, I'm enjoying your your laboured intros. <laughs> oh, Jesus H. Christ. All right. Fine, fine, fine. I'll hurry along. I'll hurry along. D- fuck me. Do you know how many minutes it's I've been right. writing We're this? We're already 40 years old. So it's fine. All right. Hey, I'm 40 years old. None of you are as old as me. I'm... I'm I'm the mature adult here. Right, next up, we have a man who many consider to be like a genie in a bottle. You have to rub him the right way before he will make your dreams come true. It's Christina Raguilera. <laughs> Fuck, you know. Hi. I think, I think, just to, just, to, just to help you workshop that a little bit, I think before you called him, I'm not even going to say it, Christina Raguilera, I think before you said that, it was perfect. Before you made the Aguilera reference, it was it, it was perfect. Okay. It's just saying nice things about another man's body. Okay. Nice to be here. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was... It's all business. <laughs> Unless you rub it the it's, right way. Um, um, it's nice for you to be here. Right, come on, marching on. The joke's only get worse from here. And last but not least, we have a man who patrols the border of spelling, punctuation, and grammar with an iron fist. In fact, he's so good with words, he recently won an apost trophy. It's Mr. Chris Neal. Dear Lord. I do, I do respect uh, a good pun, which that was not. No, I'm kidding. That was a good, that was a good <laughs> pun. Thank you. Oh, come on. That was a good introduction. That I, took milliseconds to write, Chris. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, right, we'll explain to our Finnish listeners what apostrophes are later. Punctuation over there. <laughs> <laughs> any, any grammar? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Matt, like, 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 shaking his head, like, no, 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 no,
Right, okay, now that we've character assassinated everybody. Right, come on, I will do the quick recap and then we can get the fuck on with the good stuff. Okie dokes. Right, last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had been fighting the vampress Lilith von Spluth, tooth and nail, deep underground in the cellar of a local inn. Now Lilith turned out to be a better drunk than a vampire, and ultimately the party combined their skills to entangle and bamboozle her. Hanash, channeling all his pent-up rage to hack and hack at Lilith's face, until she moved no more, her vampiric form melting away into coils of mist. Now, naturally, the adventuring party ransacked the vampire's lair and pillaged what they could, at one point opening a coffin and finding Lilith's cold, still body in the earth. Dragging her out into the village green in broad daylight, they proceeded to douse her smoking body in holy water and then immolate her using high-grade whiskey. The undead antagonist, dead, the party could finally let their guard down and rest for a moment, but not before they tied up one final loose end, blaming the old man Silas for being connected to the recent deaths in the village. And so Silas was dragged away, proclaiming his innocence at the top of his voice. And that is where we will begin this week's episode. Oh, and it's also worth saying that Keith, the sugar glider, sadly survived the whole thing and is back with Maud. So you find yourself on the village green in the afternoon, it's a lovely time. People have brought food out. You're having a sort of like, um, you're almost having like a sort of thank, thank you feast. There's food being brought from local houses and you all see them under the big tree on the side of the green. You see them slinging a rope over a branch in the distance, maybe 50 meters away as you can still hear Silas just going, I'm with the priest. Yes, we well, are with the bad priest. Yes. Uh- <laughs> yes. Bye bye, Silas. I uh, I grab a stick to hit Silas like a piñata. I assume that's the what the what's going on here. I don't think they're going to hang him. I think it's just being piñata time. You're like Batman. You don't understand death. <laughs> <laughs> is is that what you're actually doing? Nah. I think I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'm gonna go and get like whoever runs the whoever runs the inn to just refill my. Uh, refill my hip flask for me. Just, just, just throw some whiskey in there. Um, I'm quite happy to pay mm-hmm. uh, in prices for it. Okay. Um, so going back into the inn, you see the uh, portly innkeeper who's um, got he's got a bit of a gut on him. He's got his shirt, which is not really big enough for him, and it's you know exploding at the seam slightly, and 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 an inappropriate amount of chest hair is spilling out of the front of it, as he's like, ooh, the hero of the hour. How can I help you? Uh, just a refill, please. Be good. I'll just, like, shake the hip flask and, like, tap it against it. It makes that, like, ding. And, and what be your poison? Uh, just just any old half-decent half whiskey will, will do for me. All right. If you don't mind being careful over there, and he points down to the half of Jiffy, Boothwood, which is still on the floor in the inn, he's like, I'll be doing that for you as he turns around and just pulls down a bottle of whiskey off the shelf and he refills your hip flask. He hands you the other half of the bottle of whiskey and says, 
you can take that as a thank you from this village, and there'll be no charge today. What you did was more than a kindness for this village. Much appreciated. Is the is like the half a body of of uh, Jimmy Floofwood? Is it just like on the floor in the middle of the <laughs> the end? Yeah, you can see the innkeeper's wife has currently got a mop, and she's trying to mop up the worst of of Jiffy Foofwood as um, a bunch of uh, kind of like village workers are, are trying to work out the best way to to move the body without making more mess. It's getting kind of like icky and sticky, but um, the barkeep wanted to to keep business rolling over as he's losing money every hour that the inn's shut. Um, so it's somewhere between a crime scene and a Friday night. I'm going to hold up the bottle of, well, the half a bottle of whiskey that he's given me. Uh, I'm going to say to the to the innkeeper, I'm going to say, can you pass me two shot glasses, please? All right. I suppose so. I mean, yeah, go on then. As he reaches under the bar, pulls up two shot glasses, cleans them. He's got like a little towel hooked in underneath his apron as he gives them a polish because, you know, and he hands them over to you. He's like, you enjoy that, my little friend. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill up one of the shot glasses and hand it over to him, uh, and then I'm gonna fill up the other one, and I'm gonna go over to like a table that's close to Jiffy's body, and I'm just gonna like hold it up as if as if I'm saying cheers, but not drink it, and then just put it down on the table next to the next to the half of body. He goes to drink, and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm confused. Is are we? Oh, right. Are we drinking this, or is this like a drinks libation? Do I pour this on the floor in memory of Jimmy, or do I?" I... I'll go. I'll go back to the innkeep, and I'll I'll hold up the I'll hold up the bottle of whiskey, and I'll go. Hmm. And do a quick, quick swig. <laughs> All right, that's good. Right. No, sorry, sorry. I'm just teaching him how to drink now. It's like I shouldn't have to do this for an innkeep. Hey, yeah, well, it's all right. I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't know your customs. As he's like, all right, yeah, Slarnshire, as he necks back the drink. And, and then we look over to the other glass, and one of the, like, ten construction workers that's standing around this body figuring out what's happening takes a swig. <laughs> oh, dogs. Right. Does anyone need a bit of a refresher on what you were doing before you got into the village, or are you happy to just pick up where you left off? I'm good, I think. I'm good. Um, we, we're on to, on way to get a boat, aren't we? To yeah. then go to the sea for the Emmental? Yes. Right. Correct. Let me get my notes. <laughs> Whoa! Why, why, why do you keep your notes in Chris Rag's trousers? That's the only time he lets me into his trousers. <laughs> let me get, let me get my notes, Chris Rag. God damn it! <laughs> Just comparing notes <laughs> in those those apostrophes again. Edith comes over to you, and and uh, Belsiar, you you're rubbing the wound. So both both Belsiar and Hanash, you you're both slightly sensitive to the light. You've got itchy necks where you've been bitten, and uh, Belsia, your chest is still slightly inflamed where where um, it was slashed by the vampress. As is your cheek, actually, Hannah. As Edith comes up to you, Belsia, and and she's like, "Well, yes, yes, you did ask for horses, and um, the village has has come together, and um, we would like to offer you these three horses for your travels." As she brings three of the most like raggledy-looking, haggard nags you've ever seen. As she's like, this is Patches, Yoo-Hoo, and Hopper. As three kind of like very bedraggled looking horses, which are kind of almost propped up on each other. They're almost holding each other up like a tripod. How many legs does Hopper have? <laughs> uh, I feel like that's a dangerous question to ask me. I'm, I'm Roll a D4. Uh, just the one, just the one. <laughs> Hopper has four legs. They've all got four legs, Chanel. I'm not going to bite. 
<laughs> Although Yuhu might. Yuhu looks slightly feral. <laughs> so yeah, Belsiar, she she hands over three reins to you. Patches, Yuhu, and Hopper, which are three horses which look like they've been in their prime at some point and are slightly over the hill, but the village is willing to give them to you. Now I I don't, don't look them want, in their mouth. I don't want to look this horse being as it is a gift and having had that joke immediately just stolen from me. Uh, because <laughs> clearly, clearly we are of the same mentality, but there's childish. There, there is six of us, and there's only three horses. And the little guy can probably ride his wolf around, but Hanash will oh. probably need a horse, and Mord will need a horse. Help a brother out, and Aristobulus will need a horse, and I'll need a horse. So that's at least. <sighs> Four horses, Edith. Please, can you make me a persuasion check? I get a plus five to intimidation that I never get. Oh yeah, sorry, just now. Persuasion. Oh, I mean, hey, hey, I'm sorry. If you if you would like to intimidate her, please, (laughs) please, please intimidate her if you like. Don't let me take your your vitriol. There's a little bit of an edge. Lay a bit of sizzle. It's been a a tough couple of days, and I'm covered in garlic cheese. So I'm going to roll for intimidation. Uh, that's Do 14. I'm, I'm behind you in this. <laughs> Sorry, did you say 14? 14. Okay, yeah. So as you look, Edith comes with a gift horse and you, looking calm and quiet and composed, sitting there eating a lovely, like you've torn off a bit of baguette and you've put some cream cheese on, off your chest that you've got off a, mm. a roulade and you've put it on there with some nice meats. And as she offers you the gift of the horses, you look around and in your mind you do the numbers of how many you are and how many will need to travel. And in that you just see red and you snap and the anger comes. Just a slight raising of your voice by like a few decibels, but it's enough to shake Edith. And as you look behind Edith, you see the man kick the chair out from underneath Silas as his body twitches on the rope (laughs) as he dangles doing the gallows dance you see him suddenly go taut and stop moving as edith looks around at silas's body swinging in the breeze and she just goes well i suppose he won't be needing his horse anymore so if you would like jeremiah silas's horse you are more than welcome to will that do you or would you like to kill anyone else in the village this this now, Pelsio's gone from rags to riches, and he now calmly eats cheese off a baguette while watching the hanging, and has just like that's not enough horse, three more horse. <laughs> and and, and you know, for the listeners, let's just point out for anyone who hasn't just joined us this week, Silas was innocent, like he was just annoying. So so um, so so now Belsiar has just watched manslaughter. <laughs> It's not manslaughter. It's it's uh, it's a miscarriage of justice, which might be the name of this episode, along with never look a gift horse in the mouth. Okie dokie. Right. So you've now got four horses: Patches, Yuhu, Hopper, and Jeremiah. Thank you, Edith. They're all on the green as you all you sup your food. Maud, what are you doing now that you've got Keith back? Keith and I have wangled the bottle of whiskey um, surreptitiously away. We stole the bottle of whiskey off. Um, I've I've lined up a shot glass for Keith. Okay. 
Yeah, I've borrowed it. Oh, borrowed yeah, yeah. It. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and and the key, I've lined up a shot glass key. Yep. He he is a whiskey drinker. He is a he is a uh, <laughs> he is a, a appreciator of fine whiskies. Okay. Uh, there's so much to unpack here. It is unbelievable. Right. So Tatty, you go back to fill up your shot glass, and your hand goes to where you left the bottle of whiskey as it grabs air. As you look round, confused, the bottle is gone. As you look over, you see Maud and Keith, shot glasses in hand. Maud, would you make me an animal handling check, please? Uh-huh. An animal handling check? Am I handling Tatty? What's happening? No, you're handling Keith. You're giving him alcohol. <laughs> Eleven. Oh, dear. So giving high-grade whiskey to a sugar glider, you see Keith... The, the little excitement in his eyes as you reach down and give him a little gift. As Keith swoops down, starts lapping up at the whiskey, his eyes just turning into little pinpricks as he just keels over sideways with the high alcohol content, his single point of health dwindling as Keith just lies there what? on the deck. Oh, Keith is a hard, hardened whiskey drinker. Keith has one health point. He's a sugar glider and you've just given him high-grade whiskey. I didn't tell. I didn't say how much whiskey. <laughs> I feel like we're retconning it. here. No, mm. no. I think you're trying to purposefully Bundy murder Keith. Cup. I would never try and murder Keith. Hey, hey, hey! You're the one who rolled eleven on an animal handling check. I mean, poor Keith. What? What are you going to do to Keith? Keith's out cold. <laughs> Wait, a sniff of whiskey, right? I would. You like sniff to... of whiskey. You fucking just. <laughs> I would like to at this point. I'll get him in my little hand and I'll do um, heart palpitations with him. Like All right, this. Lenny. <laughs> with your ginormous clawed hands. All right. I, I, I'm just massaging his little heart just to bring him down. Okay. Slight of hand check, please. Do you know what? If Keith goes, I'm fucking coming for you. I'm Straight really into that room. Straight into that room. You don't know where I live. Oh, no. Six. If you fucking oh. do this to me again, again. You're the one that fed pure whiskey to uh, to an animal with a single health point. Every plan, every plan that every well-trodden plan that you create. Jesus H. Christ, listeners! (laughs) All right, for for the sake of my own health, for the sake of my own health, this is what happens, listeners. Keith, looking pale and gaunt and slightly washed out, on his back, all spread out like a fucking sugar glider would be, just. Looking very, very gaunt. Maud squeezing him repeatedly, giving him the, the Heimlich manoeuvre. Other manoeuvres are available for copyright reasons, but we'll say it's a Heimlich manoeuvre. Squeezing, nothing happening. The tears rolling down Maud's cheek. And then the majestic happens. Pocato diving out of nowhere, <laughs> slamming into poor little Keith, just punching his chest repeatedly. Keith bursting back to life with a beam of whiskey fueled vomit coming out of his mouth. As the sugar glider and the potato embrace each other, as only two familiars can, we will draw a line under this debacle. Sounds like a fucking the potato and the sugar glider. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you try and dig yourself out these fucking problems. You created them. <laughs> I'm not the one who tried to feed whiskey to a fucking sugar glider that only has one health point. Jesus H Christ! I was merely following the narrative. This is exactly oh, no, no. how Tappy Marvin drinks. died. If Tappy drinks, he doesn't lose a health point. 
if we start saying that alcohol kills you, then we're going to be in a rough place for the rest of this. Yeah, if we're losing health points every time we take a drink. Yeah, Tatty's a hardened soldier. Tatty has chopped his own fingers off and grown them back. Tatty has done things and seen things and lived a life. Kevin, it's not his name. Keith, Keith is. <laughs> Keith's been alive for a month. In that month, he's been kept in a fucking cereal box in your pocket. You keep that sugar glider's name out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me I don't care about Kevin. Wow. I mean, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dogs. Right, time is rattling on. This is what happens next. Tatty. Toad Flaps walks up next to you. She's just cleaning off the mallet, which still has bits of, like vampire smeared on it and she's like she she walks up to you and says well we got good news do you remember nibble nobble and gobble yes <laughs> it appears like they're a favorite with the villagers it looks like nibble nobble and gobble might have found a new home here in the village they're gonna, they're gonna sell breakfast cereal i <laughs> uh, no. i think tiny is genuinely genuinely quite happy because you know, as much as the as much as the the our endeavors at the Sank Estate didn't go very well, the fact that we managed to get these three goblins out and they seem to have found different life that they can live here. I'm I, this is a this is a big one in the win column for me. I'm I'm very happy. Oh, that's good. As you look over at the midden heap, the poop pile, you see nibble, nobble, and gobble have all got, like, rakes and shovels, and they're now keepers of the, of the midden pile. They're turning, it into, they're turning it into an impromptu garden. They're, they're trying to plant stuff in it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, to a goblin, a midden pile is like a uh, studio apartment. So it's, it's a good deal for everyone involved. As Toeplap says, I'm just glad that there was some closure here. It sounds like you've been on a journey. It sounds like you did some things that might have been tough to palate. But look, you may have been responsible for the death of tens, if not a hundred goblins, but at least three lived. Four, if you count me. It's good to, you know, whenever we, whenever we get a win, it's good to have, it's good to have your most recent uh, loss uh, <laughs> itemized in front of your face like a goddamn <laughs> Thank you, Toad Flaps. Thank you. It was very, very kind of you. Well, that's all right. We'll chalk that one off. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say because I assume she's, she's still coming with us because she's got her life debt thing with me. I'm just gonna say, make sure you get plenty of food before we set off. Get enough for like rations for the road. I think we might be, we might be traveling for at least a day or so. In fact, can I get my map out and see how far it is to Little Titherton? Little Titherton. Hmm. Absolutely. And you would remember from memory, just in case it helps, um, you, you read the newspaper and it said that in Little Titherton, there was an offshore barge for sale called Lady Luck that was owned by Marjorie and Roger Squeals. And so that is where you were heading. Every time you mention NPC names, uh, I'm not joking you. Every time you mention NPC names, I write them down and then I read them and think that can't be their names. <laughs> I knew it was Marjorie and Roger and I'd written down, I'd written down Squeals. And then I read it and I was like, that can't possibly be their surnames. And yet here we are. I think it's probably more Roger that squeals rather than Marjorie, <laughs> but you'll have to see when you get there. Depends what time we get there, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
So, you've got Patches, Yoohoo, Hopper, and Jeremiah. And Hopper. Yes, you've got Patches, Yoohoo, Hopper, and Jeremiah, all of which have four legs, Chanel, as you just slowly stroke Keith, as the colour comes back into Keith, as Pocato finishes off all the, all the drinks that are being drank, Pocato's just wandering around the little, the little picnic, just mind-sweeping the dregs of everyone's drinks. How many health points does Pocato have? <laughs> That's a carefully kept secret. Pocato is... Um, okay. He's, uh, he's like the T-1000. Before you set off, it is worth noting, Hanash and Belsiar, I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Of course. Ooh, 23? 23. 12. So, Hanash, you take three points of damage. Both of you are itchy, but Hanash, your itch in your neck and on your cheek is starting to flare up a little bit in the sun as you look up and just wave a fist at the sun. <laughs> Damn you, son. <laughs> the only priest here was, uh, was a dickhead, wasn't he? He was... Yarmolenko. Yeah. By the man. Litvinenko. Did we take anything from the church? I think we took a couple of little things. Not too much. You should have... Um, Hanash scraped the donations plate and got some money from the church. And Tati, I believe you pocketed some silver candlesticks from memory. Sure did. And there was somebody... I don't know how many of the ginger nuts you ate, Hanash, before getting drugged and knocked out. Whether you have any of the ginger nuts on your possession... And the biscuit tin, I could not say. I don't say for later. <laughs> right. Anything else before you want to set off? Can I swing by the cheese shop one more time and see if that lady's working and also buy some more cheese? You're going to kill her, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I, I just want to say, like, it's been, it's been a fun few days in this village and most of the times when I make a connection with people... <laughs> They end up dying in violent accidents. <laughs> but this hasn't happened. As you waddle around the village, you pass various people who you've seen. All of them are kind of jeering you on and cheering you. You get lots of respectful nods from people as you are now the heroes of the village. Everyone is very much like Team Crunkfucker in this village now. <laughs> as you make your way around the village until you find the artisanal fromagerie. Pushing into the door, you get a whiff of a strongly veined blue cheese, which just instantly invades your eyes, ears, nose, and every other orifice you have, really just cutting you to the quick as you see the lady batching it up and trying to seal it um, in wax paper. As she looks up and her eyes light up as she sees you. That's your accent. She looks at you for a while and says, We don't think that's your accent now, is it? No, just just my little joke. I just wanted to come by and get some more cheese. Oh, right. And see you before we go, because as I was like, I was trying to put these words through my head earlier, but a lot of people I meet die in horrible ways, and you haven't died. So I don't know how much more time I have with this whatever this vampire's done to me and how much cheese I'm covered in. But maybe one day I'd like to come back to this village and we can sell cheese together. <laughs> oh, I'm getting very mixed messages here. As she looks at you, 
slightly stepping back, you see her hand just slowly moving across the counter towards a cheese knife <laughs> as her eyes alight <laughs> on the two puncture wounds in your neck. You see in her other hand, she's picked up a bulb of garlic, which she's just slowly crushing in one hand as like garlic pulp is oozing between her fingers. As she's like, all right, yeah, I, uh, I'm getting mixed messages. Last time you were in this shop, you told me that this was purely transactional. Are you now saying that there might be a spark of something? Well, a spark of prostitution? That's transactional. <laughs> Who said that? Thanks, thanks, Mort. I shoot more out of the shop. <laughs> well, a, a spark of entrepreneurial fromagery. I, oh dearie me. Right, wait a minute. I've been burned before. I I was on one of those dating kind of like, I joined one of those dating pamphlets. It, you know, where <laughs> oh, we, like, we you sign up like and they up. suggest, be, yeah, that's the one. I, I don't know. I've been burnt. And yeah, everything that Melcia has said has been like, do you want to open a business together? I think these are mixed messages. Sounds like you want to fuck. No, no, no. I really just want to open a business together. Sounds like you want to fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Tatty, and I shoot, shoot Tatty after. Oh, okay, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way we're all trying to be his wingman. He's just elbowing us out of the way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So as as you're saying this, you look down and Pocato is just doing a love actually. He's got little notes just held up and he's slowly just like 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 Andrew Lincoln in, in Love Actually. Patty and I outside the shop, can we be drawing a, a penis at cockables on the window in cheese? Oh. I'm writing my own cards to swap one in for Pocato. So in the middle of in the middle of this really nice message that Pocato's writing, there's just gonna be one with a with a, a huge veiny dick. Uh... <laughs> because it's not a dick unless it's veiny. Okay. Um, right. Two things are going to happen. Maud, can you make me a sleight of hand check for drawing on the window? And Tatty, can you make me a, a medicine check to make sure you've got the levels of veins right <laughs> on anatomically on the penis? That's uh, and I say this with all the emphasis in the world. A dirty twenty. Absolutely brilliant. And Maud. <laughs> Uh, an eight. A solid eight. An eight. Okay. So, Tatty has literally just drawn the Mona Lisa of cock. Like, the eye follows you everywhere. No matter where you're standing in the room, it looks like the penis is looking at you. Right? It is just artwork. Absolute artwork. It looks like it's smiling, but it's actually not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maud, on the other hand, did the classic mistake of starting the penis and then running out of window. So she didn't judge the canvas before she started drawing. So the penis is completely out of proportion. It's all kind of smushed into one corner of the window. It's like that drawing of the horse in those memes. Like one side of it is really shaded in and really nice, and the other side is just yeah, all bald. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So. Tatty, you got nothing but plaudits for, for, for your Mona Lisa of cock. And Maud, all you've been left with is a dusty finger from drawing on a window pane. <laughs> so used to it. Anyway, we're getting away from the mate. Why are we burying the lead? Anyway, getting back to, to Belsiar, she looks at you. She's like, 
All right, look, just a quote. I've been hurt so many times. And, you know, people just want my cheese. So can we just be plain and simple? Tell me straight. What do you want out of this? I'd like to be friends with you one day and run a cheese shop together. You're, you're taking all the fun out of it. I, I'm not even sure if I, I want to run a cheese shop anymore. It sounds <laughs> like you take things very literally. Oh, right, and, but, oh, or you take them uh, not Jesus literally enough. Christ. Are you talking about business partners with benefits or do you just want to do my tax returns? What exactly? <laughs> I'm, but I just thought we seemed like mutually minded. Go on, smash your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to wait outside, Maud. <laughs> yeah, now we're, just, now we're just doing very cheap cheese puns. It's not good. <laughs> anyway, I, I might... I'd, I'd, Better ride one of these four horses off of the apocalypse. Of the apocalypse, we immediately rename them. But uh, think, think, think about it. Actually, think all right, about I it. will, I will. Just in case, just in case. And she hands you a like towel which has been folded over, and on the inside, it's got breads and cheeses and sausages. As Aww. she's like for your travels and as a thank you. All right, and. I've I've left my uh, my digits on the inside, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Just fingers. Your just fingers. fingers. Just fingers. She like it. She gives you a wink. She's like, you'll know what I mean. As she hands it to you, as as Picato just wipes away a little kind of like starchy tear. Thanks. As she just picks up the the Mona Lisa of cock, which is drawn on a small piece of paper, and looks at it. Yeah, I'll just say if if it's if it's if it's not. If I've still got it, then I'm going to go in and give it to her and say, you should, you should hang this up. You should frame this and put it in your shop. It's she like, no, another one's fucking hitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. The invention of the dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. As you walk away, you just see her pocketing the, 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 the dick pic as she just rolls up her sleeve and just slowly wipes the crudely drawn cock off her shop window as she waves goodbye to you. Oh, as she as she's like, my name's Greta, by the way, just in case you ever Greta, come back through town and want to have another to... awkward liaison. I, As I was walking away, I realized I didn't know your name, but that's good to know. My name's Beltia. Oh, that's lovely. And I'm glad that I'm the first of the people who you've hit on who hasn't died. So Me too, Greta. I'll walk <laughs> carefully too. from here and... I'll check for sharp objects. <laughs> wow. And thus the sun went down on Belsiar's lust. It, it choked up. Right. Getting back to the horses as you load up saddlebags full of cheeses, breads, sausages, ales. The whole village has come out to see you off. Some glad, most glad, um, except Silas. You look over and you just see Silas swinging. He doesn't look happy. Yeah. As Edith is like, I would like to say goodbye on behalf of the village of Skanksley. Your stay with us has been short, but eventful. I'll, um, I'll shake Edith's hand. She shakes your hand as you set off riding across the green. Tatty, as you look over at the midden pile, nibble, nobble, and gobble are waving, dancing around on the pile. As you look over, you see for a second you could swear the <laughs> spiritual, ethereal form of Job, the little child who died 
you can see his spirit form waving at you. I, I thought there was going to be a, a plot twist where like a small child smiles at us and he's got pointy teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Job was the actual vampire the entire time. <laughs> uh, see, Tati, Tati's eyesight isn't that good. You could almost swear <laughs> you can see the ghost of, of Silas just giving you a middle finger from, from underneath the oak tree as you set off on your travels. If Silas's ghost is there as well, uh, I'll salute Job and then just look at Silas like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He looks, Silas looks confused as he looks down at half a ghost of Jiffy Foofwood, which is just crawling along the floor, and the other half of Jiffy Foofwood's ghost, which is still flapping around on the green. Okay, right, we've, we've, we've pumped that joke for every last drop. Is there anything you would like to do on your travels? You've obviously got a travel montage ahead of you, which is going to take you a few days. It's going to take you two or three days. I'm open to you doing anything because you're going to get some long rests along the way. And if you would like to make any character changes or have any moments or prepare in any way before you get to the squeals and the boat, then please let me know. Yes, Maud. Um, Maud would like to find out how Keith can be better protected. So how does Keith either up his health points or can we stop in? Can we find a blacksmith to make uh, a little battle suit? (laughs) Jesus Christ. You you just left a village with a blacksmith. (laughs) We could do that before we go. I mean... You want to ride back into the village? We can retcon. Uh, one more right. thing. Let's edit around it. It's just a casual. It's just a casual retcon. Do you? Oh, we just edit around it, listeners. That'll be all right. Yeah, we just edit around uh, it. You've caused this. You've caused this. Poor Keith can't even have a casual drink. So now we must fix him at all costs. It's literally like having a toddler. You literally set off on holiday. <laughs> you get four junctions down the motorway. Like I need a piss. I need a piss. <laughs> <laughs> like. Told you to go before we set off. Okay. I need a blacksmith. <laughs> Fine. You want to wreck on it? Well, fucking wreck on it. Fine. Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't the know I do if for fun. physical armor is going to protect him from the emotional trauma of this world. But So, so Keith now needs two things. He needs a therapist <laughs> and needs a There we go. <laughs> yeah. Jesus age Christ. Yeah, he also needs to find an AA group as he's now fucking hooked on whiskey. He's only, he's only been dry for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Fine, because the 15-minute tight fucking bit on artisanal fromagerie romance wasn't enough for you. Let's circle back round to the blacksmith. Fine. So as Maud goes into the blacksmith... Up, we're not going to do AJ's story. <laughs> I'm not the one who keeps on fucking sidetracking. It's fine. It's fine. That's your hit, hit on the, hit on the black, blacksmith for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A sexy, muscular blacksmith. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) You're going to flirt with the blacksmith. Okay, so Maud. Yes, hello. Maud, you're going to go back to the blacksmith. Now, this is a deep cut, okay? Because you did the fucking autopsy of Job in the blacksmith. So as you walk back through the doors of the blacksmith, you look over and you see the table still stained um, with a fingernail like caught between some of the grain of the wood as you see the blacksmith stripped off to the waist 
He's it. Right, the blacksmith. I'm not going to cast shit on people, but he's got that Jason Momoa vibe about him, like a man who could be properly shredded, but isn't quite there because he likes, you know, the donuts too much. So, like, he's a big lad, but he's still not quite defined. Did you just say Jason Momoa is a Jason Momoa looks like a man who likes a Greg's. Stop this. All right. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Get in the comments. No? No? Am I all all on my own there? Am I all on my own? (laughs) Don't you say that. Do I not think Jason Momoa could try harder? Yeah. Yeah. He fucking could. Jason Momoa could could afford a fucking personal trainer. Aquaman has, you know, he's, he's not quite there. Are you fine? Have you seen the paunch on Momoa? Right. Clearly you've been watching like Game of Thrones era Jason Momoa it, rather than Aquaman Jason Momoa. Maybe he put on like a lot of weight for the fast 10. Don't you lecture me on Jason Momoa. I was watching Jason Momoa in Baywatch before you were even born. And admittedly, I wasn't really paying attention to him because Pamela Anderson <laughs> was on the screen, but he was in it. So Clearly. So my understanding of Jason Momoa transcends your understanding. He was sometimes blurred out in the background, but he was in there. He was definitely in there. So, yeah, if you're going to retcon the fucking blacksmith, you're going to have, like, slightly over-the-hill Jason Momoa. Anyway. You could have had Jason Statham. Instead, you've got Jason fucking Momoa. Let me just interrupt this jizz fest. Jizz fest. How is Jason Statham hotter than Jason Momoa? (laughs) He isn't. Yes, he is. Everyone knows this. (laughs) Jason Siegel. Okay, fine, fine, sure. I gotta go pee. This is is too much. Wow. Okay. Keep going. Can you can you hear? You can just hear the slight (laughs) whapping coming from Mister Neil's bathroom. We mentioned Jason Momoa. It was too much. He needed to take a little time out, listeners. Um. Right, there you go. Deep cut. Okay, as you make your way into... um, Let's hope he turned his mic off. As you make your way in, you just see like the slightly portly man um, with some badly drawn tattoos on his arm (laughs) just thwapping away with his hammer as he looks at you and says, How can I help you? Yes, you. No, you're just going to sit there. No, fine. Um, I have 11 gold pieces. I would like to take five of them. What normally happens is people come and they tell me what they want and then I tell them how much it will cost. Um, so, I would like... I would like <laughs> to... Are you speaking the English? Spoken the English? Um, so, I would like to... Um, when I go in, I have 11 gold pieces. I would like to take five of them and I would like to give him five pieces and say, please make my sugar glider ready for battle. He looks at you and says, it's traditional to tell me what you want, and then I tell you how much it will cost. But, okay, as he looks down at the sugar glider, which is on his anvil, as he hands you back the sugar glider, he he says, how much time do you have? Exactly 20 minutes. (laughs) Fine. As he takes the five gold off you, and he just comes, right, he, he reaches into his, um, he's got a little leather apron on, which his, his paunchy overhang is mm-hmm. just hanging over. As he pulls out a little tape measure, as he just measures up Keith's, like, vital dimensions, getting his inner thigh and all sorts of stuff, as he's like, 20 minutes, okay. Um, as he gets thin metal and just starts smashing it out 
on uh, the anvil. In 20 minutes, you're basically going to get Keith wrapped in tinfoil. Like a base for him. Well, you're not going to get a full suit of armor in 20 minutes, are you? You've got 20 minutes. You're basically going to get Keith wrapped. This is the rule of four. Well, what, are you, what else are you going to get? Like, there's only so far we can push fucking like make believe nonsense. You're not going to get a miniature suit of okay. armor in 20 minutes. You, Keith comes back looking very like Keith is still really happy. I'd like to look at the guys and ask whether we can stay for like half an hour. So now now he's got a little visor. He's got a little with those ten minutes he's gonna have a little tinfoil visor that can come down. You know, like Mel Gibson in signs. <laughs> <laughs> Strong reference. Is is that half an hour extra to the twenty minutes or an extra ten minutes? We can we can we can stay as long as you need. Like um, we're good. We can stay another night for all weekend. Yeah. Jesus H. Christ. I think we should vacation here for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, why not? It's got a pool. <laughs> how, how is it that nothing got achieved, listeners? It's because Keith needed a fucking suit of armour. <laughs> right. Fine. Fine. If that's what you want, if that's how you want to play it, that's absolutely fine. As the rest of the adventuring party take it in turns to beat Silas's corpse with sticks, <laughs> just swinging back and forth like some sort of fleshy piñata. Until his innards fall out. Suddenly, Jason Mumford, the fucking blacksmith, is just sitting there, turned into some sort of like seamstress of metal, <laughs> as he's like ting 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 like just fucking hours, yeah, like just hours. As he calls you back in, you're sitting outside like an like like an expectant partner outside the fucking like. DD clinic. Midwifery department waiting for a child to be born. Okay. Different. The, the blacksmith is like, he's ready. As you come in and you just see Keith, finely clad in a tiny suit of armour, the little grin on Keith's face as his eyes light up, a proud child to see his mum. Keith stands on the anvil in his little suit of armour, and he jumps to fly, not realising that his suit has no wings, <laughs> as he just falls off the anvil and just goes... Poof, Onto the ground. But, listeners, fear ye not, for he's in a suit of armour. He can't take a point of damage anymore. His point of damage from fall damage is deflected. As he lifts up his little metal visor, as he just stomps along the floor, ching, 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 his little, like, he can't fly anymore. He's now walking at half a mile an hour as the little sugar glider walks along the floor <laughs> clinking and clanking ching 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 towards you fine <laughs> if that's what you want that's what you've got i hope you're happy are you is okay? it time for a cool off break i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i need to call my therapist <laughs> i like living in this magical little world You've just come into my, my little <laughs> fantasy make believe world and you've taken a shit and just smeared it everywhere there you go. Are you happy? We've retconned. We had a beautiful moment in an artisanal fromagerie, and then you had to go back and double dip and make us fuck about. And now, now your sugar glider has got a little suit of armor. Okay. Can he fly? I think it's worth it. Will it take him two hours to get in and out the suit of armor? Probably. Now, you have to be honest. The benefits, happy? the benefits of Keith wearing armor are far outweighed by the benefits of whatever's happening in your brain right now. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in my happy place, Mr. Neil. I'm in my happy place. Do you, do you want to know, before we go on a drinks break, do you want to know something ironic? Keith, in his little armour, can probably still fly better than Kato can with no armour. Yeah, because Kato's a geriatric old, old crow. That's fine. He's, he's too regal to fly. That's the problem. You don't need to fly. You can't turn us against each other. Our bond is this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't turn us against each other. I don't know why, don't know why you're giving me shit. I gave you the fucking Mona Lisa of cock earlier. You, that sounds... What? Do you know how long I've been sitting on the Mona Lisa of cock for? That came out wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I regret those words now that they've come out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> the, 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 the second, the Mona Lisa of Cox. Wow. Out AJ, a- Action Jackson. I've been sitting on the Mona Lisa of Cox since before you were born. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was Jason Momoa's. Right. Let's get a drink before we say anything else that might incriminate us. So I'll see you back here in five. I need to refresh my wine. I regret my life choices. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bonsoir, motherfuckers! Bonsoir! Bonsoir, mon ami! Do you reckon Matt's had a quick sawn in the drinks break? Sawn. Sawn. I presume there's the verb to sawn. Maybe you just went for a shit. Oh, yeah. I love his, um, I love the lamp. Mm, I I was marvelling at his lamp. Mm. Yeah. That was a great lamp. I had to cut it out of last week's episode, but I did comment on the fact that it reminded me of um, there's an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where yes. Jean-Luc Picard goes to the holodeck and plays Dixon Hill, the detective, and he's very much like a Chicago yeah. PD. Mm. Yeah, the, the big goodbye. Season one, probably the only good episode from season one. Uh, welcome back to our Star Trek podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm re-watching The Next Generation with my kids who are like 10 and 12, and they're glued to it. Like, they love it. My kid has already asked if they can um, teleport Wesley into outer space. Like, he's just the most <laughs> annoying twat. Like, Wesley Crusher is annoying to everyone of all generations at all ages. Everyone just wants him to die. Sorry, Will. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, Will. You're, you're a cool guy. Please come on our podcast. <laughs> oh, well, Will. We'll, yeah, sorry, Will Wheaton. I'm sure you've made enough money out of Wesley Crusher by now. Right. Any more niche Star Trek jokes to squeeze in, or should we pick back up? I probably started watching Star Trek at that age with my father. Uh-oh. Yeah, me too. It, it is next gen, though. It's Star Trek Next Generation is the I best I was thinking one. the other day that the original series has undoubtedly aged in a lot of ways, like how Kirk, Spock, and Bones are always talking about how crazy women are. Which is not aged yeah. super well. But I feel like Next Gen has... It's all aged terribly. It's not... I don't think Next Gen has aged, apart from the one racist episode that we don't talk about. The one <laughs> racist episode. That horrifically racist episode where they couldn't be bothered to invent aliens. So they just got a bunch of white people to mimic African culture. Yeah, it's shocking. Shockingy, shockingy, shocking. Anyway, enough said about that episode. I do, however, have... Um... I got myself, with my first new job, a triple. Hey, what, sorry? What's a triple? That's a triple. 
Oh, yes. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> the trouble what dribbles. happens if you shave a trouble? What the fuck are you talking about? It, it's a blue sack. <laughs> so in, the, in um, the original Star Trek, there's an episode with the trouble with tribbles. And basically, they're like small cats. And they invade the Enterprise. And they keep breathing like rats. And they take over the whole ship. Can't do anything without like a tribble, like screaming at you. You, you say Star Trek hasn't aged badly. The catchphrase on the toy for Tribble says, Hug me, I purr. Squeeze me, I squeal. <laughs> yeah, that's... I think that's bad. What are you trying to read into that? If anything, I mean, the second one is is fairly good warning for, for people that might look to abduct them. If, if, as if you, if you yeah. hug me, I will squeal loudly. Everyone will know who you are, motherfucker. You'll be on our list. Uh, that's just that's just good yeah. sense. That's troubles for you. If you squeeze me, I'll cut you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the executive decision to draw a line under the bin fire of a conversation and get us back on track, unsegwaying us out of the fucking blacksmith scene. We will pick up with you galloping at pace with your four horses across the countryside, bah, heading to bah, Little bah, Titherton. Bah, bah, now. Patches, Yoo-Hoo, Hopper, and Jeremiah the horse. As you find yourself making the three-day trip, is there anything you would like to do in that time, particularly? Is Tati actually riding on Barbara's back? Um, I was gonna, I was gonna check with her and see if, wow. see if she's okay with with me doing that. If not, I will happily uh, just just jump on one of the horses with someone else. I will leave your travel arrangements with Barbara up to you, however you wish to play that out. I won't tell you how to do that. Having said that, I won't tell you how it pans out. If you wish to do that, I will merely retcon in the fact as you gallop across the countryside, weaving across hills, through woods, across thickets, passing in the distance villages and encampments. This sometimes good weather, sometimes bad weather. Tatty, you look down as Barbara keeps stride with you, keeping up pace. As Belsiar, you look over and see that Barbara allows Pecato to ride on her back, almost as friends. Almost. Oh. Almost. Almost. There's a, there's a begrudging understanding. As you make your way, finally, to the last furlong of your journey, you can see the tiny little village of Little Titherton coming up in the distance. You've long since seen the coastline. It's that kind of day where the sea almost blends in with the horizon into the sky, as you can see the edge of the land coming up ahead of you, the seagulls high in the sky, swooping and swirling. Oh, can I... Salt um, on the, the sea on in the, the air. On the journey, could I check out the sword that I got from Lilith? I think you, t- I think you told me what sword it was. Do I, do I know what kind of sword it's it is? It's a flaming short sword. Well, you've seen it on fire. Yeah. I had the D&D thing, but it's a flaming short sword on uh, D&D Beyond. I'll probably dig out the stats for you if you want. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, as long as I take it now, I have it. I just WhatsApped it to you as the cool kids say. Do we know um, this, like, little Tiverton, like, whose jurisdiction it's in? Like, is, are we going to, like, somewhere where it's the same police force that we just killed the... The head of like is it in that captured area or are we like are we out are we in the clear and away from that now? You're not you're not out of that. You're far enough out of it 
that you know you're living in a word of mouth culture like you're not you're not you're you're out of the frying pan but you're not out of the fire that's the wrong expression aj you're you're still under the same jurisdiction but you're so far in the sticks if you know what i mean like if you committed a crime in london and then went to penzance probably be okay like despite being under the same law in the same country but like um it, are, are there local are there like city guards that operate independently or is there a, a ministry of justice that kind of coordinates the different police forces uh is there like a regional level of cooperation is it kind of hierarchical or is it more based on the kind of the old sheriff kind of round up a posse kind of justice we, we we need details tell me tell me about the devolutions of power like uh... <laughs> so like local parliaments or... <laughs> tell me not how, how are the police held accountable it's just more ways to, it's just more pathways to anxiety well i'll have to protect these people <laughs> i mean these, these are the kind of conversations that you you've been having with each other across the course of your journey like good conversation <laughs> dried up a long time ago and uh you're now just making small talk about regional police forces you ride up to the edge of the village. Uh, how big does the village look? Tiny. Even smaller than Skanksley. It's, uh, it looks like a smattering of holiday cottages. Um, there is a single post office, which you gauge is a universal everything shop. Like, <laughs> it's one of those, it's so far out that there's just a single shop that does absolutely everything. Should you need a doctor, it's probably the person in the post office right. excellent can do, I, you, do you guys do you guys want to go check in there see if there's a doctor yeah can i go and get some vampire medicine from the shop <laughs> thank you sure thank you absolutely that. absolutely <laughs> um could you both as, as it's been three days could you both make me a constitution saving throw as well please what a roll Whoa. what a roll 21 16 21 legit wow 21 legit. <laughs> so both of you on there both of you are okay Hanash, you've you've just been riding the whole time with two fingers on your neck, just plugging holes like you're playing the recorder. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Such a shame a podcast is an audio medium. <laughs> you've been plugging it. Just yep, 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 yep. Right. Listeners, we're gonna pretend that we didn't just hear the air fryer going in the back of Chanel's call where the potato croquettes that she's trying to subtly cook as a as a mid D and D snack are uh, they're ready now, Chanel? I feel they nicely crispy golden. Oh, no, that's noise to uh, turn the mic. Oh right, is that okay? Okay, right, okay. You're just jealous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that not 100 percent clear? Very jealous. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm jealous. As a beneficiary of the croquettes, I'm jealous. Um. Right. I love the way Chanel's now gone on mute so that you can't hear the rest of her croquette like proclivities. Like her little like croquette peccadillos. No, that's the wrong word too. Anyway, moving on from croquettes. Let's not get sidetracked. <laughs> croquette capades? Nailed it. Nailed it. Crocopades. <laughs> that's that's the word we were looking for. Okie dokie. Right. As you you walk into the village, it's quite small. Do you know a bit like if you go to a little rural village in Devon, everything's a fucking Airbnb. It's a bit like that. Everyone clearly doesn't live there. There's not many people who are residents. Everyone's holidaying in this lovely little quaint place on the coast. Don't look at me with disgust, Mr. Neil. 
What's wrong that with my make-believe village full of holiday you. makers? That was, that genuinely, genuinely, I went full flow state and, and just through Tatty's eyes, and I was thinking, just look at all these houses to think they're all owned by Russian oligarchs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, today our sponsor is Gazprom for all your gas needs <laughs> <laughs> yes there we go alright as you walk in you walk into the post office the little bell goes ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling as you walk in it's just like rows upon rows there's just everything the growing orc could need it's somewhere between a post office, a newsagent, a general store. There, by the counter, you see um, various meats. There's a bit of everything going on here. You see a um, cork board with various adverts on it in one corner as a very, very hairy-looking man who looks like he's just had to, like, shave eyes and a nose and a mouth out of his face. He's so sure. Looks like somebody shaved an Ewok. Walks out from behind the counter and is like, Ooh, I don't know you, guests! As he's like, Welcome to the village! Little Tetherton welcomes you. Hello, Harvis. I can't work out whether that's racist, so I'll just nod. <laughs> As he just smiles towards you. He's like, My name's Gatsby. Nice to meet you. Likewise. And he, re- he, he holds out palms. You shake his palm. You see he's got hairy palms as well. He, he's, um, he's like, what are you here for then? What can I do? What can I help you for? He said his accent changing for the fourth time in four sentences. Vampires. He looks around a little bit confused. He's like, he's like I've, I've got everything you need. But vampirism? Oh, Christ. Right. I, I could get you spells? I could do you letters. I could get you a pick and mix, some fuses. I could sell you. Have you got any of those like Christmas trees that smell nice and you put it around the neck of your horse so it smells better? Like a new horse smell. He, he looks around. He's like, one sec. As you go in the back, you just hear like a, like things falling over as you can just hear him going through boxes. As he comes back, he's like shaking a bottle. He's like, I knew this would come in handy. Horse cologne. As he's like, <laughs> Two silver pieces. Horse cologne. Ah, oh, God. Well, now I feel awkward, so I just hand it, hand it, hand over two silver pieces. Two silver pieces. It's not, it's not quite what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, it's just called Clippity Clop, and it's uh, like a horse cologne. As you smell it, it's literally like someone fist fucked your nasal passage. It's strong stuff. Sorry, Mr. Neil, I know you don't like it when I talk about fist fucking because it, it, but I had to say it. Just a It's just. As, as, very, as you, you take very, your little bottle. Very violent. It's just, it's just everything. Everything has to be fist fucked. No. Everything has to be fist fucked. I, I don't understand why. You can have a gentle fist fuck. Why does fist fucking have to be violent? Fist fucking between two people, you know, can be a love. It's anyway, I'm not getting into that. a romantic act. Yeah. Interesting that you don't want to get into it. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm just, all you need is a is a bottle of crisp chilled rosé and a rubber glove. Um, <laughs> right. So, as you take your horse cologne, what are you actually leaving any of the croquettes, Chanel, or are you just eating them all? Sorry, eat them all before he can finish his question. I think that's a no. 
Stone Cold Croquettes. Love it. So, yeah, so you've got your horse cologne. Um, Hanash, as uh, you you say to him, have you got anything for vampirism? He's like, oh, hang on, let me have a think. My accent has changed now for the fifth time in five sentences. Almost like I made this character up on the spot. He He basically just comes back. He's got a little jar of that bougie shit. You've probably seen it. It's like lazy garlic where posh people just buy like chopped garlic in a little jar of oil because they're too lazy to chop their own garlic. Not going to lie, that's that great. Well, you're the... Well, I'm not judging okay. you. Like, not bougie. Yeah, he, he, he's like... Shout out to chopped garlic. Two copper pieces, lazy garlic. Two copper pieces. I don't know. We've tried garlic. I think we need something a bit more heavy duty, don't we? Do you have a, um, do you have a priest in town? He looks at you for a while, just dead stares you, Tatty, for a while, smiles, walks back in. You hear like a, like going through boxes as he walks back in, wearing a collar, as he's like, great news, how can I help you? (laughs) As he makes a kind of genuflection. I don't want to, I don't want to write you off immediately, but can you, can you, do you, can you do divine magic? I look at him. Ah, you must be the shopkeeper's brother. (laughs) (laughs) He looks at you for a while. You see his eye twitching as he sees the opportunity for a sale but doesn't want to let it go. As he's basically like, look, I'm in touch with some really positive spiritual vibrations, all right? So if you want me to lay my hands on your holes, I mean your puncher wounds, then I will, I'll have a go. This is all going a bit the way of Catholicism for me. It's... Just a bit. It's, it's a bit. It's a bit too spotlight. Horse cologne and it's just a bit too spotlight for me. Well, I mean, now that we've got a priest, uh, do, do you know where you can find women in this town? <laughs> he goes, "Funny you should say that." As he walks in the back, and you just hear a. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, he looks at you. And <laughs> he just comes out wearing like a sort of sexy lacy Basque number. Um, no, he looks at you and says. Women, um, what? I mean, for what? I, to I, chat to? I just, I was just testing you. We, we really need a priest. Oh, okay. If you want to meet people, <laughs> where, where are the smooth screen non crocodilian women at? He. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, at this point, there's a little ding, ling, ling, ling on the door as a small child just comes in. Wanders round, just goes through the pick and mix, gets different things, puts them in a bag, nods and smiles at you all, puts it on the counter. He's like, one copper piece. Just trades out as the child nods nicely at you all and walks back out as the door ding-a-ling-a-ling on the way before, out. Before, as the child pays but doesn't take the bag, I pick up the bag and start eating the, eating the sweets. <laughs> I still, I sweet, I, to be clear, I steal sweets from the wow. child. Wow. You literally take candy from a baby. You steal candy from a baby. Sure. Uh, 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 and, then, and then if it tries to give me sass, I, I unplug my holes and bleed everywhere. <laughs> wow. Jesus H. Christ, this is a DM's nightmare. <laughs> As you steal the sweets off the poor little child uh, who's in shorts, just wearing little flip-flops, you steal the sweets. As he's like, 
Hey, that's not fair. Oi, you, give me my sweets back. Life isn't fair. As you just bleed all over him, he's like, I'm not scared <laughs> yeah. of you, as he's just trying to get it out of his eyes. A gout of blood. I, I just eat like two and then I give the rest of the pack to him with a bit of blood on it. He looks at, just wipes it on his trousers and then just puts a cola bottle in his mouth. He's like, bullies never win. As he just walks out the door, as the bells just go ting-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. When we do the trading card game for Adventures Anonymous, and I, I hope there's a Hanash card, and it has like two things written on it, and one is shit, and one is bleed everywhere. <laughs> bleed everywhere. This is the least linear episode of all time, listeners. Yeah. As all of you are conferring with the shopkeeper, Hanash, you look over and you see up in the corner of the newsagent slash post office slash doctor's office slash church slash butchers slash everything, you see that there's a little mirror in the corner so the shopkeeper can look around. As you look up, you just see it burst red as you just see a familiar face looking back at you as you hear a voice say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> bullying children, yeah. I just, um, I kind of bow to the... Full Cobra Kai. Yeah. As you as you give him a little sensei's bow, uh, Gatsby's like, "What the hell's he looking at?" As he looks in the mirror and looks back, can't see anything. As Hanash, you're chatting away to Jerry. Jerry's like, "I would like to apologize for being distant recently. I'm dealing with a lot of family problems, but I would like to say that I am proud of the evil you have been committing recently." All my chaos is in your name, Lord Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Jerry. <laughs> It is decided. <laughs> Jerry says, I have been distant recently dealing with a wedding. I am now married, as he holds up a ring. He's like, me and Tracy got married. As he's like, I am now full time on your case. Yes, yes. I would like to say how proud I am oh. of the evil. Tell him I said congratulations. Yes, Crocoborn, you have your own problems. <laughs> he's like, do not interrupt my one-to-one. He looks at you and says, I see you are having problems with your health. Yeah, I'm kind of becoming a vampire. Could you, could you save me? Don't worry about that guy. Just me. <laughs> As he goes, mm, but surely the way of the vampire is the way of chaos, death, destruction. Yes, yes. Deeper down that rabbit hole you must travel. Would it not be for another deity, though? Would they not get all the power rather than yourself? He looks at you for a while, and you see, he thinks, and he goes, Evil has been globalized. This is evil incorporated. <laughs> for all evil is under one umbrella. <laughs> I for although we are many gods, merges. we are one company. <laughs> I thought it was chaos. Not evil, evil incorporated. This is, this is, so this has gone from a pantheon of evil gods to just office space. <laughs> Still a film I've never seen. As he looks at you and says, I encourage you on your path to vampirism. I, I say to Jerry, if you, if you don't help me and I help myself, I am not doing any more chaos. I will shit in toilets. I will <laughs> not bleed anywhere anymore. I'm, I won't even steal food from children. But I will be a good boy. No! Be a real good boy if you don't help me now. Good boy vampire. Oh. He looks at you for a while. In fact, make me, make me, 
persuasion, intimidation. Intimidation. Make me an intimidation skill check. You're trying to threaten a demon. Fourteen. Fourteen. As you look at him, you're like, oh, do good. He looks at you and says, one time deal. Drink the shopkeeper's blood and I will heal you. Negotiate. Negotiate hard. By heal, do you mean stop me from becoming a vampire? Mm. <laughs> he looks at you and says, damn, you have seen through my <laughs> simple plot. <sighs> it is not easy to manipulate people these days. So worldly wise are you. As he looks at you and says, there are many gifts and boons to be given to you if you go down the dark path. We have only just started on your apprenticeship to evil. I uh, I find the closest kind of sweet corn around and throw it at the mirror. <laughs> as the mirror shatters, as it just goes, and just fizzles out, as you just feel the two holes in the side of your neck, as you look over at Gatsby, he's like, hey, hey, what? No, come on. You have to pay for that. I say, can I pay in massages? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Make me a persuasion check. Here we go. Here we go, baby. This is the oddest episode ever, but I'll take it. Just because Hanash is having fun. Ten. <laughs> a t- a ten. ten. He goes, he looks at you and he just goes, I'm not going to lie. As the village masseuse, I don't often get massages. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, later on, when the post office is shut, we have a few drinks out the front. If you want to um, ease out a couple of my knots, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, man. Let's get slippery. (laughs) 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 As he's like, do you know what? I thought this was going to be a quiet evening. I genuinely, today has surprised me. I've met all sorts as he's just slowly sweeping up the broken bits of mirror into a dustpan and just putting them into a into a bin. He's like, right, is there anything else I can help you with? What are you doing in the village anyway? What's, what brings you to Little Titherton? Uh, I'm, I, we're, we're here, hello, uh, <laughs> down here, hello, hi. Uh, <laughs> he looks down, oh, hello. We, we followed a classified ad for, uh, for a boat that the, uh, the squeals are selling. Uh, and, uh, and we, we want to, oh, the squeals. We want to buy it. Oh, nice. The squeals are lovely couple. Elderly gnomes. Oh. Um, straight down the lane over there. They got a little ramshackle rickety, um, cottage. Okay. I mean, I, I'm going to turn to Hanash and Belsia and say, um, uh, you guys, if you know, if you want to, if you want to carry on, Trying to find out what other professions this guy this guy does in the village to see if you can find like a village doctor or a priest or a I don't know a shaman or something. I'm sure he's got loads of fancy dress back there. Um, I, I, I can go. I can. I, I can go see about the boat if you if you want, and you you guys can meet me. You guys can meet me there. I think those people might have better intel <laughs> about the local area. You know, <laughs> This guy's a dead end. No offense. You know what? I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head out and go, go find the squeals. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll follow. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Gareth. I say, I'll see you later, Gareth. While like uh, moving my fingers around. As the last thing you see is Gatsby just mopping the floor of his little general purpose store, trying to get some of your blood off it. As he waves goodbye to you, he's like, "Don't forget." 
drinks later. No. Let's get slippery. Can I get a polar pop before I go as well, please? A blue polar pop. <laughs> Those are usually in these stores. A non-copyrighted panda pop. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Dear God, listeners, here we go. I'm going to, like, creatively prostitute myself right now. As you see him go into the back, as he opens up a chest, as just cold frosts air (laughs) spills over the side, as he puts two giant leather gloves on, he pulls out a test tube full of a bright-looking blue liquid. He's like, your lucky day. I don't know why my accent's changed again. As he's like, I've only got bubblegum flavour. <laughs> As he hands it to you, he's like... Perfection of what? Bubblegum is perfection. One copper piece. I, I give him one silver piece. He looks at it. He looks down at his hand at the silver piece. He's like, I tell you what, you rub my back, I'll rub yours. Till later. Golden. And he just like squirrels the silver piece away. Uh, yeah, you you basically take a bright blue effervescing test tube full of very, very, very cold-looking sugary fluid. Uh, you may do with that I, as you wish. I, um, I need to pay, f- pay for my horse yep. at um, pump number one. Oh, for clippity-clop, the horse cologne? N- no, I mean, no, never mind. No. <laughs> I was doing like a, it's no. just like a petrol station and <laughs> yeah. your horse is eating some hay and you're like, oh, oh right. I see. Hay bale number one. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. As uh, he validates your parking, um, <laughs> as you go back to your horses and you are, you now find yourself in the village, you see various holiday makers walking around, couples holding hands, gleefully smiling uh, in the beautiful afternoon. Air. You see little children scampering around, chasing balls. Uh, one of the little children is covered in blood, running around as he waves at you, Hanash. I wave back accidentally with the, the hand that's holding the blood. Blood <laughs> <laughs> comes out, but I didn't mean it this time. <laughs> Take out two more children. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, of absolutely fired across the room. <laughs> the pressure that's built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money shotting a horse. With your own blood. <laughs> um, as you make your way down the lane, you see various little cottages. As you finally see the end of the row of the lane, the cottage that um, Gatsby pointed out. It's a beautiful little tumble-down cottage with a nice... It's actually got a thatched roof. You don't see thatched roofs so much anymore because of the high insurance cost and damp. As you make your way down, it's got a lovely little... Shut up, shut up, we're never talking about that again. As you make your way down the lane, you see it's got a beautiful little picket fence with lovely roses on it, a nice gazebo archway. I was going to say, because they're elderly gnomes and they live, in, they, live, they live in a little cottage with like a picket fence, do they just have full-size humans in their garden? Just humans doing things. Where the fuck do you think gnomes live in a badger set? I mean, yeah, they've not. It's not a tiny little hole. This is crazy. Do you think they've got a gnome-sized letterbox as well? No. (laughs) The gate is the same size as a normal door to a gnome. So, as you make your way up, yeah, you see, there's a beautiful little, yeah, like a gazebo and a picket fence. There's roses. Everything's in bloom. It's lovely. Like it's it's just a nice tended garden of two retiree gnomes who's spending their 
their their golden years on the coast in a in, in a holiday making town. Sounds good. I'll um, unlatch the gate, walk in. I assume there's just like a little little path up to the front door, and um, I'll I'll walk up and just politely give it a give it a knock. You hear a growl come in as round the side of the garden from the side of the house. You just hear a of steps. As you look round, you see a flash of claws and teeth as a tiny little Pomeranian screeches to a halt in front of you. <laughs> just all like teeth, like a little squig. As um, Barbara just like jumps back. <laughs> kind of like, that's a terrible dog noise. I'll get down in front of Barbara so that she doesn't eat this poor little dog. It's just claws and teeth just growling at each other. Pomeranian versus wolf. I'll grab, jerk it out of my bag and just just give it to Barbara and like lead her, lead her away from this Pomeranian. We'll do the like circle trick mm-hmm. where you, do, you okay. take it around the other direction and then back. As you just hear a like, like snap of teeth and just saliva and claws everywhere. The little like feral Pomeranian. As you just hear a voice going, Winifred, Winifred, Winifred. As the front door bursts open and a tiny little gnome lady, portly, grey hair, kind of just beautiful, do you know, like just bloodshot into her nose. She's got a little paunch on her, like Jason Momoa, as um, <laughs> she just on the door, as she opens the door, it, it, it smells of freshly baked goods. There's just a beautiful waft of home cooking coming from inside the cottage. As she's like, well, hello. Nice to meet you. What are you doing? Winifred. As she, like, because Winifred suddenly turns into this lovely happy dog, like, on command. The teeth and claws go away as Winifred just skitters back between the teeny tiny legs of the gnome. I'll, uh, I'll just, just pipe up quickly and just be like, uh, hello. Nice to, nice to meet you. Are you Marjorie? Marjorie Squeals. Uh, squeal. She looks at you. She, she, she's like, "Well, you've got me at a disadvantage. You know my name. I don't know yours, and one of our own as well." As she, she pumps your hand with such enthusiasm, your elbow starts aching. Come in, and I suppose your friends had better come in too. I don't know. She does that thing where, like, he smells a bit good, and he starts like he levitates and starts floating towards them. <laughs> As uh, you all go in, it's just a beautifully, lovely kept little cottage with a rug by a fireplace and just freshly cut wood all stacked up to one side and pictures on the wall. It's just, it's just a lovely little place. Uh, it's just got the most beautiful vibe to it. As you walk in, you hear some little steps, like as a man, a little gnome walks down the stairs. As you see, Roger squeals. Roger, like, again, He's just got those wicked little like pork chop sideburns and the top of his hair starting to go and he's just got, he's all frazzled as, as Roger's like, Oh, lovely. We've got guests. He's like, Marjorie, crack out the wine. We've got guests. As he's like, do you like rhubarb wine? It's, if it's wine, then I'm 95% sure that we'll love it. All right. I see. I know your type. As, um, Marjorie's come back with a little pitcher of water for, Barbara, um, and she's just got some little like shavings of meat for potato that she puts down in a bowl as potato just like curls up by the fire, just eating on off cuts of meat. And she's like, How can we help you? Um, 
Yeah, we saw your your ad in the classifieds uh, about the lady about the lady luck. Oh, lady luck! We're very we're very interested in buying your boat, and we'd love to see it. And yeah, uh, I'd be happy to you know I'd be happy to 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 pay for it today if if everything looks if everything looks up to snuff. And I nudge Tatty, and I'm like, play, play it cool, Tatty. We've got a lot of boats to look at, so we'd appreciate it if, if we could be quick. I'd love to imagine that this, that this town has basically got one boat, and we're just like, we got a lot of boats to look at. we got a lot of options. <laughs> Roger walks up to you and is like, I've got to ask you, are you a military man? I was in the army, and I like to pride myself on being able to see a military man. You look like a military man. Uh, yeah, I was actually. Um, fought in, um, I fought in the, the, the goblin, goblin wars a little, little while back. Uh, might be, uh, might be too, too long ago for you to remember, but, um, yeah, it was, it was. He's older than you are. He's like, are you sassing me? As he looks awkwardly sideways at Toad Flaps and he's like, oh, hey, the goblin wars. Well, uh, we'll put that in the past under a <laughs> nasty discretion that we've all learned from. <laughs> No offense. As as Toad Flaps is like all right, I, I um no, Toad Flaps is like never mind. That's the wrong accent too. A bot, a bot, a bot. A bot, a bot, Need more wine. As uh Toad Flaps. Uh don't you worry, it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's we just committed mass genocide of my people. It's not a problem. We will write it off as a <laughs> entry on Wikipedia. Wait, Scout Scout. <laughs> <laughs> um, as um, Marjorie brings the conversation back and gets the storyline back on track as Marjorie looks at you and says well it's the damnedest thing nothing not not a damn interest in that ad and now we are two people at the same time who've come to answer the ad as she points out through the back windows of the kitchen into the back garden she's like and that man over there, he's also come knocking. We do, we do like the sitcom thing where we all, we, all put our, we all put our heads by the window. <laughs> As you all put your heads to the window with your, with your hands over your eyebrows looking out into the afternoon glare, you see a gnome sitting at a table, sipping on a cup of tea and a slice of cake. As Marjorie's like, that gentleman there, he's come also to buy the boat. As Tatty. The breath stops in your chest as you look out into the garden and you see on the gnome the familiar tattoos of a member of the Damali Ding Dong. <gasps> and that is where we are going to pause this week's episode. Those motherfuckers. I was da 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 da. Da da da. There we go. So that's where we're going to leave this week's episode. Uh, yeah, a bit of a callback there to the Damali Ding Dongs from Nutbush Penitentiary. So we'll, we'll see where we get to. That was an episode that refused to be linear. There we go, listeners. Before we let you go, we just want to say a big thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. If you've managed to survive this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? But yet, if you're feeling juicy, you want to give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on. All of your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards spreading the word of our misadventures far and wide. 
Now then, if you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode, your best bet is to find us, well, I would say Twitter, but is that still a thing? Who knows? We're on Twitter at Adventurers ANO number one. We're also now on threads, apparently, because that's a thing too, if you're into your social media. But you can find us pretty much all bloody social media platforms somewhere if you look hard enough. Right. That just leaves us time to say a huge goodbye from the lady munching on croquettes, Chanel Williams. Croquette muncher. Toodaloo from the Croquette Muncher herself. Chanel Williams, a massive goodbye from... I don't even know how to describe Hanash today. Like, it's just a goodbye from Chris Ragg, who might... I mean, if you... That... that <laughs> <laughs> my mind is still stuck with Gatsby. In my mind, I'm still waiting for the massage scene. I'll get ready. I'm about to make a Tinto as well, mix some of wine with my, uh, with my eggs. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Seriously. My mind is basically, in my mind, with flashing back, Gatsby's already closing up the shop. He's stripped off to the waist. He's rubbing, like, essential oils into his hands. He's ready for this massage. And Jerry is just sitting on the other of a two-way mirror, just, mm. yeah. Well, goodbye, goodbye, listeners. Stay slippery. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. Oh, dear God. Right. Uh, It is goodbye from your favourite gnome and mine, Mr. Chris Neal. Goodbye, my precious blueberries. Stay safe. Stay tipsy. Stay tipsy. And it's a massive goodbye from a man who looks for romance in all the cheese shops. It is. Mr. Matt Durant. Alfida's hand, my precious blueberries. <sighs> I think that's copyrighted. If you'd just done that in a Werner Herzog voice, I wouldn't be annoyed about it. That was my attempt at a Werner Herzog. I can't quite do it. I, I, I heard a little little twinge of it. Blueberries are a complicated... Werner Herzog. Blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> Right, there we go. If we are finished attempting to do a terrible Werner Herzog accent. Uh, Right, Matt, are you going to sing us out? Uh, Sure. Beep. Beep, beep. 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 Jason. Jason Momoa. He needs to get back in the gym. Jason, Jason Momoa, he's got a belly full of skin. Uh He's got a belly full of skin. Too much, we've discussed it, Chanel. That's unpleasant. Wow. I don't know, it rhymed with Jim. I panicked. Jason Momoa, if you're a a listener, I just want to just shout you out real quick. You've got, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing more you need to do. You're already, you're already. Slamming. Just get, get in the comments. 200 pounds of straight up 10 out of 10 slamming meat. Let's let's leave um, Chris slamming his meat. Is he a nerd? Not like Joe Manganello. Ah, oh, yes. Now there's a man I can get behind in a non-sexy way. Do, do, do. You don't have to go home, but you can stay here. There we go. That's all we're going to achieve for this week. That's the end. Goodbye. Goodbye.
go home. <laughs>